this is what the the Lord's doing is he's he's marking us with his zeal he's marking us with his zeal it's called the zeal of the Lord And this is tonight what I'm going to preach on (laughs) from right here. It's the zeal of the Lord. And I think it's really important tonight to talk about the zeal of the Lord, but I want us to stay in this place as even Helen, if you can stay up here. And I really want us to, if you're encountering the Lord, I want you to stay in this place, but give me my iPad. I'm gonna preach like a 20 minute message on the zeal of the Lord, because I know this is what he's doing right now. Can you say, I want the zeal of the Lord? Lord, I ask right now that you in, that you would enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. What God is doing in our church right now is holy, it's profound, it's beautiful. Just out loud, just say, Jesus, what you're doing right now is beautiful. And the Lord's awakening the zeal of the Lord in our midst because the Lord, what he wants more than anything, just like, you know, just like us, we are made in his image and likeness, is he wants a bride that's burning. I know there's not one person in this room that's married or someday will be married that wants a a passionless bride or marriage. I know there's not one person in here that says, yeah, I would, I would love a lukewarm marriage. And he's the same. The Lord does not want a lukewarm bride, a lukewarm church. Revelation, it actually says that that he spits out a lukewarm church. (laughs) These are the words of Jesus, so I know they won't change the atmosphere, even though they might be hard to hear. In Revelation 3, it says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot. 
So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich in white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. He like us longs for passionate, loving relationship. Everyone raise your hand if you want passionate relationships. This is the desire of his heart. The desire of Jesus's heart is that when he comes back, that he would find a bride that is not lukewarm, but that he would find that he would find a bride that believes they're washed by the blood. That doesn't treat the blood like something that I just want to get in so I feel good about myself. But a pride that values the blood. It's like I was that pitiful, pitiful man. I don't deserve eternal, I don't deserve to be with him for eternity. And all he wants is a partner. God wants a partner and that partner is you. And that partner is me. He wants a partner that burns for him like he burns for us. And you know, wrecked right now bear with me but God in his loving mercy and his grace 
is depositing his spirit in our church and he's doing a work where he is awakening passion in our hearts for him. I believe each and every one of us are coming into greater awareness of how much he burns for us and so in return are we now going to burn for him. He's not depositing his spirit and falling on us and coming in these measures to where we don't know what to do because he just wants to make us feel good. Although he does want us to feel good. But he wants to change everything in your inside for his glory. He wants you to be his possession. He wants you to be put on like a glove for his namesake. And I believe one of the things that, the, that we can often forget, one of the things that hurts my heart so much is when the zeal of the Lord begins to manifest in a house and emotions begin to be expressed we're really quick to just be like, is it God or is it emotionalism? And I don't quite know why that is, but, but I've heard it even with what's been going on in our church recently. Um, there's this natural skepticism that happens when we see emotion at church to where we say, is it God or is it emotionalism? And look, we don't want emotionalism, of course not. But sometimes, why is our first assumption a bad assumption? Have we forgotten that we have an incredibly emotional God? A God that so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I don't know about you, that's very emotional. If you think for one second it was easy for God to look at his son on a cross, you don't know anything. My little daughter had a little tongue tie. She, she got her, her tongue snipped the other day and I about lost my mind just seeing her in pain. We have an emotional God. A God who weeps, a God who sings, a God who dances. A God who mourns, a God who grieves, a God who laughs. A God who gives, a God who rests. A God who gets excited, a God of wrath. We have an emotional God. And we are created in his image and in his likeness. So we're emotional. But culture has told us that we need to value logic before our heart. And listen to me, logic is important. Don't get me wrong. Of course it's important. But our heart posture, when we see emotion expressing in the church, cannot be skepticism. 
if you're skeptical when you see that, it's you don't have a healthy fear of the Lord. Because he wants his bride to burn. So when you see people burning, it's because he wants us to burn. And if they're if some of it's too emotional, who cares? He spits out the neutral. And I know this is hard. For some of you, this is hard, and I understand. But you have to stop. Because what God's doing in our church right now is an invitation. When God begins to mark a people, when he begins to mark a person, a people, or a community, it's an invitation for more. And I'm not giving this word right now because I want, like I'm trying to convince you. I'm like, yo, Jesus is about to take us on a wild ride. And I really want you to jump on. Like I really do. Like I'm warning you because he loves you. I'm warning you because the greatest thing that you could do is to get undignified and to give all of yourself to the king of glory so that he could put you on like a glove. And right now, we as a church have a sacred opportunity to where we can choose to be like David. And to become even more indignified than this. Or we can choose to be his wife. Standing in the window, looking down. In judgment. David was a man that understood the zeal of the Lord. He had zeal for the Lord, but he also had the zeal of the Lord. And so David, when he began to usher the ark into the city, he knew what he was going to do. He had zeal of the Lord. He knew the Lord's heart. So he ushers the ark into the city and he takes off his crown and he puts on his priestly garments the person who is supposed to be the responsible one, the person who's the political leader, the person that's supposed to have it all buttoned up and put together. And he let himself go. And he said, and he danced undignified before the Lord. And his wife looked down from a window and judged him. And I, I want to be clear <laughs> She saw emotion that made her uncomfortable. She saw a, a response that made her feel uncomfortable. And instead of looking and seeing it as an invitation of, oh man, that's what God wants to do in our whole land. She chose to stand in judgment. And, you, and it said that she'd never had kids again after that. 
And we live in grace. And look, I don't want hype. No one wants hype. Can I tell you that? No one here wants hype. We want authentic burning for God. There's no other way I can say it. We want to know his heart and do his heart in the earth. It's that simple. By the way, Jesus himself was very passionate and had a lot of zeal. He had a lot of zeal. Uh, read John 2. Said that he saw what was going on in the, in the temple. And he intentionally made a court of whips. He didn't like have an emotional reaction of, ah, I don't like what's going on. He saw what was going on in the temple, that it was bad. And he went home and he made a cord of whips and he went back with intention to show his passion for the house of God. It says that zeal for his house consumed him. Say that out loud. Zeal for his house consumed him. This is another thing that I want to say. And I'm going to get rolling here quick. You can't have zeal for Jesus and not have zeal for his bride. You can't love Jesus and not love his church. Can I tell you, that's like a husband or a wife. If, we, if Jesus is the head and the church is the body, which is what scripture says, that's like a husband or a wife saying, husband, wife, I really like your face, but I don't like your body. That's not gonna go over very well. He has zeal for his house. Jesus has zeal for his bride. And I believe God in our church is awakening not only zeal for him, but he's also awakening zeal for his bride. Some of you who have not been passionate about the church in a long time, I guarantee you the Lord is going to continue to light the flame of your heart to burn for the bride of Christ. And so here's, I'm going to cut everything and just tell you what I feel like the Lord wants to do. Is there is a difference between the, between zeal for the Lord and the zeal of the Lord. Zeal for the Lord is a good thing and it can also get really messy. Zeal for the Lord usually happens when I encounter God or after salvation, right? I get really, really passionate about God. How many of you are at your best with God after encounter, right? That's because when we encounter God, or when we get saved, when we have that moment where he comes and he encounters us, what usually builds up inside of us is zeal and passion for him. And it's a good thing. And it's a beautiful thing. And it gives God great pleasure. But the truth is, zeal for the Lord comes from our own strength. Zeal for the Lord comes from our own heart, from our own passion, from what's, what's inside of us. And if, I don't know if any of you are like me, but sometimes it, my zeal for him can waver. 
I have really high seasons from the Lord. And sometimes, am I the only one that sometimes has not, in the past, has not been passionate about God? Because what happens when we get, when we don't, when we only know the zeal for the Lord, but we don't know the zeal of the Lord, is we begin to live from encounter to encounter to encounter to encounter to encounter, which isn't a wrong thing. God wants to encounter you. He wants to touch your heart. But what often happens is, is God comes and he encounters us. And then trials, difficulties, temptations come. And we have a choice when that temptation or trial comes. Am I going to continually go low and yoke myself to Jesus? Or am I just going to stand and do nothing and wait until he comes to me? Does this make sense? Can I hear yes if it does? Yes? Okay. So zeal for the Lord, it's like a sprinter's high, right? You, you do a good workout and you like immediately feel really good about yourself. It's not wrong, but here's the deal. Zeal for the Lord, like Peter, how, Peter was a man that had plenty of zeal for the Lord. And sometimes his zeal was misdirected. So it was the zeal for the Lord that led Peter to chop off the guy's ear. It's because he loved Jesus, because he loved him that he chopped the guy's ear off. That's misdirected zeal. That's zeal that probably needs some refining. It was Peter's zeal for Jesus that told him to not go to the cross. And Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. Right? So, so, so zeal for the Lord is a good thing, but it has to be matured. It has to come under discipleship. And usually this is how come, like when we're younger in our walk with God, when we get really passionate about him, sometimes we steamroll over people because we, our zeal for the Lord needs to be matured. Amen? Okay. So I believe most of us in this room have experienced zeal for the Lord. I'll say this, I don't know I think sometimes the Lord comes after and attacks us so much when after encounter and salvation, the enemy comes through and attacks us because what the, what the enemy doesn't want is for you to get the zeal of the Lord. And the zeal of the Lord is when you get passionate about what he's passionate about. God has his own zeal and his own passion for this earth. He has a heart for this earth. He has, a, he has a plan, a will. He has something in his heart that he wants to bring about in this earth. And it's a new heavens and it's a new earth. God has justice things that God is very passionate about. God has love in his heart that he's very, very passionate about. The difference between zeal for the Lord and zeal of the Lord is zeal for the Lord is our own passion for him. Zeal of the Lord is what the Lord's passionate about in the earth. Zeal for the Lord leads to quick sparks of revival. Zeal of the Lord leads to cultural transformation of heaven invading earth. 
when we get in touch with the zeal of the Lord, we will begin to get God's heart for this region. Zeal for the Lord will lead to good Sunday night gatherings. It will. If we all come in here passionate, fired up, zeal for the Lord will lead to really, really, really powerful Sunday evening expressions of worship. But when we as a community get in touch with the zeal of the Lord, we will begin to see a move of God sweep through this house that will transform the earth. Okay, if that doesn't fire you up, I don't know what does. But here's the thing. The zeal of the Lord. How many of you now want the zeal of the Lord? Amen. I want it. I want to burn for what he burns for. I want to long for what he longs for. But the thing is, many of us don't get to actually ever get in touch with the zeal of the Lord. And the, the thing that I should say is the utmost zeal in his heart is that he comes for his wedding day to be married to a pure bride. That is the deepest passion of his heart. And when you get in touch with his heart, that leads to change in your life. And you're not going to be searching for encounter to encounter to encounter to encounter to get pure. When you get in touch with his heart on how excited he is to marry us, that's when you'll begin to walk in purity. That's when you'll begin to see transformation in your heart and in your family. But here's the deal. Zeal of the Lord only comes through embracing humility and dependence in every high and every low. David was a man after God's own heart because he had the zeal of the Lord. The only reason David knew to build David's the, the tabernacle of David is because David embraced the wilderness. He embraced the season where he was a shepherd boy. How many of you know David was anointed king as a young boy? And then he spent years and years and years hidden in the wilderness. And when you hide yourself away with God, when you say yes to I will enjoy the hidden places with you. Yes, I will get away in the closet. Yes, I will humble myself under your mighty hand. When you begin to posture your heart in the heart posture of humility and dependence, that is when you will begin to get the zeal of the Lord in your life. And that's the invitation. And I kind of look at, look at it like this, like zeal for the Lord is, is passionate moments. Zeal of the Lord is covenantal love. It's like, do I love the moments with my wife when passion comes and I have zeal for our marriage? Of course I do. But what I love more is that I've covenanted myself to her. That's a deeper love. And I think for some of you in here, you've, you're, you've been exhausted because you live from encounter to encounter to encounter to encounter. And it's this constant 
high and then I get depressed, high and then I get depressed, high and then I get depressed. And it's a sign that God wants to come and say, now I want to imprint my heart on your heart. But what, it, what is absolutely essential in order to get the zeal of the Lord is to take the heart posture of humility and to go low. To go low, to go low, to go low. Everyone say, go low. And what kills zeal is pride and sin. That leads to shame. I'll leave that there. But if you're wondering why you're not passionate about Jesus, it's, it's probably because you don't have his heart for the earth, one, and for you. And you might have some pride in your life. and You might have some sin that you need him to come and clean. But we already got washed by the blood this, this evening, so we're good. Amen. But I'll end with this like really quick story. Um, when I moved here, uh, Pastor Jordan asked me if I would be willing to, to start the house of prayer here or to run it. I can't remember which one. And I looked at him and I said, no, dude, like the house of prayer is not really my thing. You know, like I'm passionate about other things. I'm passionate about preaching. I'm passionate about young adults. I'm, pas I'm passionate about other things, but I'm not, I'm not passionate about the house of prayer. And uh, he said, okay. And then he never, uh, he never asked me again. Um, but what I found is as I, I moved here five years ago and came on staff and I said no. And then probably about two and a half years in of being discipled under the spiritual authority of this house, humbling myself and choosing dependence, all of a sudden one day, the passion of my heart became to build him a house. Now the passion of my heart, now I'm a worship leader, who would ever thought that? Worship leader and like I'm the leader to build him a house. That was not my passion. But when I was able to submit myself to the spiritual government of this house through a heart posture of humility. And when you heart posture yourself in humility, God will give you his desire. Amen. And so I feel like we're, I mean, obviously it's late. We probably should just get used to this, you know? That's, I went a little bit longer than I thought, but not too bad. Is that okay? Who wants to burn for him? Come on. And so I felt like for ministry time tonight, um, I feel like there's four distinct people that the Lord, like not distinct people, people groups that the Lord wants to minister to. So if you're on the prophetic ministry team, will you, would you come up? Um, but I, I feel like the Lord really wants to minister to um, those who are over 40 um, and who have been seeing the zeal of the youth and the young adults of our church and and it's been intimidating and it's making you feel isolated and you have been tempted to write off what's going on in this church as emotionalism. I believe the Lord wants to touch you today. Does that sound okay? Okay. 
Um, I think there's also, I'll just be super transparent. The last, the last three, ever since Christmas, I've been under more spiritual attack than I have been in years. And I believe there is spiritual, many of you, especially, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of house church leaders and leaders and movers and shakers in our church, like, I think the, the enemy is, 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 he is, he's bringing about spiritual attack right now because he does not want what's happening here, but we're washed by the blood of the lamb. Um, but I know even for me and my own, like I've been attacked spiritually. I've had to reach out to a lot more people to ask for spiritual covering. And I just feel like some of you have been under consistent spiritual attack and you need to come up tonight and you need this prophetic ministry team to just boom, break it off you. Sound good? Okay. The other group is those who have been struggling with depression. Um, and for those of you who are feeling hopeless, I feel, I felt like the Lord said, like, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I want to bring about hope tonight. And so if you are feeling hopeless, if you are feeling any kind of depression, which has made you feel hindered from engaging with what God's doing, please come up here tonight and get ministry. And then lastly, um, for any of you who have, you know, I would say I've been a Christian for 29 years of my life. I'm 29 years old. And probably for 18 of them, I was like the, like the passion junkie, you know, like just lived from encounter to encounter to encounter to the like emotional high, emotional high, emotional high. And it wasn't until I, I learned that I have to suffer well and that I have to go low and that I have to like embrace the wilderness like David, embrace the wilderness like Joseph, embrace the vulnerability of Peter coming back to the feet of Jesus in order to get the zeal of his heart. And so for some of you, you just need to humble yourself. You're a passion junkie. That's okay, I am, I used to be. And uh, you need to come up here and get prayer and humble yourself. Sound good? Okay, will you just stand? Those of you who can't stand, please don't stand. But Lord, we just say that we wanna burn for you, God. We wanna burn for for what's on your heart, we want to we truly, Lord, want the things of this earth to grow strangely dim. And so I just invite any of you up. Um, and I, and I, I know we've been here for a while, but I, I felt like ministry time tonight is really important. And so if you feel even a quiver of I should go up there, then come up here and get ministry. Other than that, go be a priest in your home. Burn for him. And I, I'm just hearing this right now. I feel like there's, there's multiple people in here who've been struggling with their sexuality. Just encourage you to come up. Um, and I also just, uh, yeah, I feel like some of you there may be some of you who've like felt saved, but then you like backslid and you feel like you need to get saved again. <laughs> and I just feel like the Lord says, come up and receive the joy of your salvation. Other than that, you're free to go. I ask that you please keep this, this place holy and sacred and, and uh, 
keep your keep the conversations for the lobby. Um, but yeah, I invite you to come up and to get prayer. And love you and be blessed.